As famed American uh, thinker John Gall once said, a complex system that works is probably evolved from a simple system that worked before. Trends tell us that debt markets are set to multiply over the next decade and technology will be the key growth driver. The caliber of tech exists in the debt market space, but it requires wider ecosystem adoption to revolutionize its impact on the economy. The world's per capita GDP grew 10x with the advent of the internet and the digital age. It is now prime for yet another massive, massive growth phase over the next decade. Talking about growth, now something amazing that all of you should know is that from 2010 to 2020, Tamil Nadu's GSDP went up from $82 billion to $290 billion, growing almost 3.7 times. Now how amazing is that? In line with this, the state's visionary leadership has already set the ambitious goal of growing the GSDP from $300 billion to $1 trillion before the year 2030. And today, I would like to introduce to you one of the most important people in the state of Tamil Nadu, someone who has set an example to the youth by pursuing a career in politics after his stint with corporate life. With a master's in operations research and a PhD in human factors engineering and engineering psychology from the University of Buffalo, he is the one anchoring the goals and ambitions set for the state of Tamil Nadu. And today, he is here to talk to us about macro to real Tamil Nadu's contribution to the $5 trillion goal. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me immense pleasure to welcome onto your screens Dr. Palanivel Thyagarajan, Honorable Finance Minister, Government of Tamil Nadu. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Though I'm normally not that concerned about getting my qualifications right, I must, in this case, make a slight correction that I also got an MBA in finance from the <laughs> MIT Sloan School of Management, only because that is going to be the basis on which I'm doing a lot of my talking now. Uh, this is not, these are not concepts that I learned by accident but were taught to me by some brilliant professors at a great school. So let me start by uh, saying that I'm uh, very vested in this notion of growing the debt markets. As a former investment banker who worked in the debt space, uh, I, I say what you all know, that in any kind of normal economy, the debt market should be substantially bigger than the equity market. The debt markets are the ones that provide the basis for almost all the actuarial uh, and uh, insurance kind of uh, uh, asset management, which forms the bulk of people's need to move money back and forth in time, and which forms the basis, the underpinnings of the whole financial markets, really. So in that sense, having spent a lot of time in the U.S., where about 80% of all corporate debt comes out of the markets, and where the debt market is so efficient that even the front end, the money markets, and the less than nine-month uh, in fact, average age, one week or 10-day market is worth trillions of dollars. I see the huge burden on India of trying to grow without having an active debt, mar debt market. Uh, of course, some of these problems are structural. Uh, debt investors are by nature pessimists. Their upside is capped. They've sold somebody a put. And so what they would like is clarity of what happens when things go bad. It's not so much what how great things can be. But how quickly can you get resolution? Uh, what would be the estimated recovery after you know some kind of bad outcome? And in that sense, our country is uh, very ill-equipped 
because the either the legal precedent or the judicial system is uh, dispute resolution mechanism is not that great. So I completely believe that tech is the only way we can scale these debt markets uh, in the reasonable future. And so I'm very excited that such conferences happen and with the new technologies, the, the breakthrough technologies in um, you know, tokens and, and blockchain that can remove some of the limitations of KYC, uh, then I think you know, we are at the right inflection point for that kind of growth. But let me now go back to the topic that was actually given to me, which is Tamil Nadu's plans for investment and infrastructure and our contribution towards getting to the one trillion that uh, our chief minister has said as part of the broader ambition of the prime minister for several trillion for India. So uh, really, let me talk about three components. The first component is the government itself. As you know, under the FRBM Act and equivalents, uh, the two major recommendations or guidelines, I would say, because uh, they're written into the law, is to have a zero revenue deficit and up to 3% fiscal deficit, which basically implies that uh, you don't do kind of spending more than you earn, and then you borrow up to 3% of your GDP or GSDP uh, union or state and use that to do capital investments. Now, why 3%? Because effectively, uh, you don't want the, the coupon payments, the interest payments to rise too fast because infrastructure projects take some time to come online. Now, uh, in retrospect, those uh, guidelines worked really well. In a place like Tamil Nadu, the debt-to-GDP ratio dropped from somewhere around 28% down to 16% between 2003, the adoption of the FRBM, FRA acts, and uh, let's say 2014. The interest to revenue ratio dropped from something like 21, 22% down to about 11, 12%, which meant that the government had real capacity to do uh, capital investments and kind of support growth. Governments have a huge role to play in terms of infrastructure investments to support growth, because if you really think about it, governments borrowing and investing in things like roads and ports and bridges and hospitals and drinking water systems are uh, the lowest risk is the government itself executing, the lowest cost of borrowing, the sovereign is borrowing, and with the highest multiplier effect relative to, you know, private enterprises that are looking for shorter term, lower risk returns. So in every way, the government expanding its capex is a big uh, uh, boost to the economy and the growth rate. And the real tragedy of the last five, seven years for Tamil Nadu has been that because of soaring revenue deficits, we have gone down from, you know, 3% of GSDP down to uh, more like 1.5% uh, uh, two years ago. Some of that is being reversed by the pandemic. A lot of that is being reversed by better fiscal management. And uh, our uh, budget showed a medium-term fiscal plan where we'd get to pretty close to revenue neutral by the year 24-25, that is two years from now after already having cut the fiscal deficit by more than 1% last year when the final account will be out. So the first thing we can do is make sure that we run the FISC properly and we borrow and invest up to 3% of GSDP. Now think about what that means. Last year we struggled because of the pandemic, because of the crushing debt load, because of uh, you know the legacy, the, the debt hangover. We were only able to invest about 35,000 crores. If we do our job right, and if we meet the, the standard that I have set for uh, ourselves, 
in 2024-25, we will be investing more like 90,000 crores, 95,000 crores, or 3% of what will then be a 30 lakh crore economy. So that should have a huge multiplier effect for all the reasons I said. And uh, moving to the second part, it is our approach in these things, much like our predecessor, though she never got executed, we would like to do as much as possible co-investment from the private sector. So in the Vision 2023 document she had laid out, she had uh, a target of 1.5% off balance sheet, meaning PPP or other kinds of through the Tamil Nadu infrastructure, fund management corporation and alternate investment fund manager that we have set up uh, to do parallel investments. We are definitely going to pursue that as well. So it is our ambition that by the year uh, 24, 25, which is two years from now, we should be uh, about 45,000 crores, so about one and a half percent of GSDP in off balance sheet, either PPP directly or through the fund management companies, funds in tourism, in startups, in uh, housing, in infrastructure, and with co-investments on that. So effectively what we're talking about is a quadrupling from 35,000 crores last year to about 1,40,000 crores in 24-25, uh, two-thirds of which will be the government itself, and a third of it will be co-investors or, or PPP or other models that I said. So I think these two things will greatly help us drive the growth. Uh, last year, we grew at about 9 point something percent real and about 14 and something percent uh, nominal. This year, we're slated for those uh, targets both this year and next year. Uh, for us to reach our one trillion goal in the remaining eight years, partly because of the setback in the rupee, that goal has become more ambitious than it used to be a year ago. But uh, at this level of the rupee, and assuming that inflation is contained at the 6% upper bound of the RBI's uh, 4 to 6% range, then really what we need is 10 or 10.5% 10 real growth. We only got about nine and something last year. So it again behooves us to ramp up, but we got nine and a half to be uh, fair with less than 2% of the GSDP in, in capital investment. So we feel that were we to get, and some of that of course is the, is the low base effect recovering from the pandemic. But when we get to steady state, our ambition is to have four and a half percent of GSDP as CapEx. And in, in conjunction with the fact that that will bring in uh, private players and people who are here for the return, uh, then we think that we will be able to accelerate the real growth north of 10%, which we achieved actually when the DMK government was in power in 2006-11. The RBI statistics show that we had real growth of 10.15% CAGR for five years, despite having to go through the global financial crisis and some other setbacks. There's a third component to it, which is uh, not strictly in our domain, but which we're going to actively support innovators and the kinds of people who are at this conference, which is that we really have to improve the availability of credit and capital to the MSME sector and to individuals. In a country like India, for various reasons, uh, right now there's almost zero unsecured credit available for individuals and limited unsecured credit available for MSMEs. Now, some of that is changing through incentive programs at the union level, at the state level. Uh, some of that needs to improve a lot more using the latest technologies. I was recently in uh, both Australia and Singapore, and in both countries, I was very impressed to see how uh, 
using blockchain and token and cross validation uh, the government of uh, some of the states in australia are moving uh, to uh, even something like a driver's license basically as a e driver's license with a token from the government on your phone and during the pandemic uh, they used the crisis and the need for remote uh, kind of um, what can i say validations to uh, move up uh, and uh, move a lot of things into that kind of e wallet they're now moving in some cases to putting your educational certifications your credentials etc into a cross validated blockchain wallet where you can use that uh, you know wherever you go for an interview or something so that's a great learning example for us and we'd like to replicate that i was also as i said in singapore where the gentleman in charge of the uh, uh, uh fintech uh, for the nas which i had done some work for when i was uh, in singapore with stanchart uh, has come up with a very innovative way of msmes to start with the micro and small enterprises cross validating each other through their transactions and through their uh you know um accounts payable accounts receivable etc as a way of building up credit history that can then be accessed by the banks and to uh, use that as a means of funding as uh, the finance minister have also taken active interest in the uh, what we call the state level bankers committee which is the uh, kind of gathering of all banks that do business in the state uh, i have uh, made it my priority to attend every quarterly meeting to ensure that meetings are held quarterly and in those we talk about a lot of these things about using uh, different methods and ensuring the flow of credit to the places where it's needed uh, most desperately and where there is no hope of accessing the market but it usually goes through the banks eventually i'm sure technologies like those that uh, who are participating in this conference perfect there will be a market based um, access to credit as well uh, which eventually is the only uh, kind of long term solution i think i may have covered everything that i was asked to cover i will just say two things maybe as i finish when i was a stanchard we had a rule of thumb at least in the emerging economies if the uh, economy was slated to grow at x percent we assumed the credit would grow at 2x percent because these are all capital uh, you know short uh, capital deprived uh, uh, countries for the most part except those that are now booming through commodities let's say and so you know uh, the need for credit would be very high indeed so we can use that as well as a rule of thumb and if we say that we are expecting you know 10 12% or 10% real and 15% 16% notional we should expect bank credit to grow 20 30% or market plus bank credit and that's where i think a lot of these technologies come in uh the other thing i would say is that uh, a lot of this has to do also with execution while we design things while we plan things especially in the government we find that uh, the penetration of the message the penetration of the program the penetration of the subsidy the awareness of the possibilities uh is less than it should be and uh, therefore people are not getting the intended benefits that the government policy set out to uh, achieve and so some of this also could be supported by better technology and better dissemination and i think that would be a good thing as well uh, that would come out of some something like the innovation that all of you in this um conference are participating 
With that, let me conclude my remarks. I don't know if there's any room for, for Q&A, but uh, otherwise, thank you again for the opportunity, and uh, I wish you all the best for a successful conference and uh, impact in growing the debt market. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir, for sharing with us your plans at large for the state and for being a trendsetter in your own way by setting out such great and ambitious goals. Thank you very much again, sir. We truly, truly appreciate it.